welcome to episode 37 of the Natty Cast. I am your host, Peter Bowman. And in this episode, I'm going to do a brief Q&A from my um, Instagram story that I posted a while ago. And then I'm going to finish by talking about um, what I'm doing currently and just kind of an update on what I'm doing um, and things like that. So first, let's get into the Q&A. Okay, so the first question was workout tips for the triceps. So essentially, when you're building your triceps, I think many make the mistake of avoiding some compound movements and forgetting to sort of chase progressive overload as well. So a staple for me for the triceps is, you know, close grip bench. It's kind of always been a staple for me. So I like that because you can really get a heavy load on the triceps. Um, A lot of people have issues, you know, sometimes feeling it in the triceps, but you want to make sure your elbows are tucked. Uh, You don't want to come down and completely touch the chest. You want to keep most of the tension on the triceps, and then it just comes down to, you know, locking out, squeezing the tries, and just really pumping blood blood into the muscle. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, pyramid setting with triceps. on, P- on the close grip bench. So I like usually working up to like a heavy set. Uh, sometimes I'll work up to like three heavy sets um, and then I kind of pyramid back down. So that's my main advice, you know, for the triceps, don't avoid the heavy compounds. I also like going fairly heavy on, you know, things like skull crushers or even like reverse grip bench. I think reverse grip bench is going to be a staple for me um, on my push days um, from now on for the triceps um, because it also, you know, it hits that upper chest as well, but does a great job of, you know, building the triceps. And it's a movement that I've done in the past, but haven't been super consistent with. So I'm going to try being really consistent with that and seeing what growth I can get. So that's a, those are some tips for the triceps. Um, Another question was, which protein is best? Um, And I'm actually going to sort of combine this with another question. Um, Actually, maybe another two questions. Um, I got, which protein is best? How much protein can the body absorb in a meal? And then, like, a guy wanted to know how to build, like, lean muscle on a vegan diet. So that's going to kind of, I'm going to tie that into the which protein is best. So obviously, you know, animal proteins are going to have a complete amino acid profile where, you know, things like beans and, you know, vegan sources aren't going to have that um, complete amino acid profile. So animal protein is definitely the best. Um, Whey is great because it's um, fast digesting, like a whey isolate. So I use whey isolate sometimes from, uh, you know, my sponsor, um, Legion, Legion Athletics. Um, they have some great flavors, plus it's also naturally sweetened, so there's not all that sucralose in there, which, you know, if you're taking a bunch of supplements, chances are you're going over the daily recommended dose of, you know, sucralose intake. So I just like avoiding too much of that stuff because it can sort of mess up your gut, and I've done it in the past where I sort of, you know, overdid it on the whey proteins before working with Legion, and you can kind of tell it does up, upset your stomach. Um, it could be a, a whey lactose thing, but I think a good amount of it has to do with, you know, the artificial sweeteners and other things like that. Um, you know, 
there's not significant research that says like artificial sweeteners are bad for you, but I do notice like the bloating, whether that's from like lactose or, um, you know, some of the artificial sweeteners. Um, I'm not really a hundred percent, but in the past I would do like a lot of whey some days, like even a hundred grams of my protein would come from whey. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily ideal because I think, I don't think I'm lactose intolerant. I just think too much dairy kind of um, isn't the best for me. So I try to, you know, limit my whey intake a bit nowadays. Um, how much protein can the body absorb in a meal? Essentially your body's going to be absorbing all of it. Um, it's a large myth that you can only intake like 30 to 40 grams per meal. Um, you know, you're still going to be getting the calories from that protein. Even if you eat a hundred grams in one meal, your body's still going to absorb everything. It's just going to take your body a lot longer to, you know, digest and break down the amino acids and the protein in uh, a larger meal. So to maximize MPS, essentially you want to space out these protein feedings. So, you know, you spike MPS, say in the morning with breakfast, um, and then after your workout again, um, you know, the, your muscle protein synthesis levels will kind of be brought down to baseline every like three to four hours. So you don't want to, um, you know, keep your MPS elevated all the time, which is another downside of like BCAs. Like if you're drinking BCAs all day, you're going to keep that sort of elevated all day, which is like somewhat detrimental. I don't think it's the biggest of a deal, but if you want to spike MPS and maximize MPS, uh, with your feedings, try to space them out like three to four hours. Um, so that can work great, but your body's still going to absorb all the protein regardless if you have like 150 grams in one meal. It's, it doesn't just like disappear and not get used. So that's a common myth. Um, as far as vegan protein sources, um, I think peas are great. Peas have a lot of protein. Um, you know, like I said, it's not as, it's not as, uh, complete and ideal as animal protein sources, but I would try to find, um, you know, a vegan whey protein or not whey protein, obviously a vegan protein powder as well. Cause it is going to be a lot harder to get, um, the necessary amount of protein to support your lean muscle growth on a vegan diet. So I would just recommend looking at looking into some, uh, vegan protein powders, um, as well as, you know, consuming things like beans, peas. I know there's a bunch of, uh, if you look through the grocery store, you can probably find some interesting things, um, some for, some sort of like, um, you know, tofu or something like that. Um, I know they're really creative these days with all the, you know, like fake chickens and fake beefs and all that stuff. So look into things like that. Um, next question, how to raise the metabolism. So this one is fairly simple. So your body's an adaptation machine. So essentially whatever you throw at it over time, your body's going to adapt towards that. So that's essentially how you build muscle. You know, you lift weights, uh, your body, you know, starts to adapt to, you know, take on the load. Your body obviously is putting through some strenuous, um, things. So it needs to build the muscle to, you know, support that activity. So it's the same thing. Like if your body does, an incredible amount of cardio, your metabolism is essentially going to slow down to become more efficient because it's, you know, it doesn't want to, it, it's going to be more f efficient, like per calorie intake, because it doesn't want, 
you know, if it has this high energy expenditure, um, the body's, you know, evolved to, you know, survive. It's not, it doesn't know you have like all these food sources and everything around. So essentially you got to keep that cardio going. It has to be sustainable, which is why like if you do like cardio every day for like a month and then completely drop it off, you're most likely going to gain some weight because your metabolism uh, will have been slowed, you know, over time to become more efficient. So that's why I don't recommend like an insane amount of cardio, um, especially if you're not even trying to really like lose weight. You're just doing it for health reasons because in you know, today's society, we're obviously evolved to the point where we have food whenever we want it. You know, there's social settings where obviously having a faster metabolism is beneficial because you can, you know, eat more and, you know, do more things without worrying about putting on fat. So to raise your metabolism, build your metabolism, you really want to focus on, you know, building muscle, um, you know, and strength as opposed to cardio. Um, and then reverse dying is another way, um, you know, you to slowly increase your caloric intake over time, your body's going to get adapted to that essentially through like adaptive thermogenesis, um, your body gets, you know, used to excess calories. So as opposed to like going into an immediate surplus, your body's going to have to store all that excess immediately. But if you can slowly, you know, raise calories, adaptive thermogenesis sort of takes over and your body just sort of um, adapts over time. You know, this has to be a slow process. And when you combine it with, you know, weight training and even some cardio, it can work well to get your body used to a higher intake of food, um, kind of ramp the metabolism up. So that's, you know, that's essentially the basics for how to raise your metabolism. Um, you know, focus on building muscle and, you know, slowly raising calories over time uh, because, you know, muscle is expensive tissue. So the more of it you have, the more you're going to be able to eat and whatnot to, you know, have to maintain that. Um, next question. Do chest and back need equal sets per week? So this is one where it really depends. Um, you know, it sort of depends on your goals. Like if your back um, or if your chest per se is overactive, you'll probably notice that you have like some, um, forward shoulder cause your chest just weighs more than your back. So you're going to want to probably hit more, you know, back sets per week to kind of bring up your back, which will kind of elevate your chest. So that's obviously ideal for aesthetics and just, you know, proper posture in general. Um, cause you know, proper posture does a, does a lot for just making you look like better and leaner overall. So I would recommend, you know, looking at your weak points is your chest, you know, a stronger muscle group is your back. And then whichever, you know, you can obviously make adjustments, do more sets of back or do more sets of chest. So they don't need to be equal. But if you're a beginner, I would recommend, you know, trying to make them equal and then just slowly ramping up volume and chasing progressive overload over time. Uh, next question creatine and caffeine daily. So I guess this person was wondering um, if you should take creatine and caffeine every day. Um, caffeine's obviously, obviously different. You know, things like pre-workouts um, and things like that, they're not necessary, but they do help. So I would recommend, um, you don't need to take caffeine every day. I know everyone these days is, you know, caffeinated 24-7, even people with like, you know, desk jobs and shit, they're not really doing much. But I would save caffeine for when you like really need it. 
for me, I'm a huge fan of, you know, caffeine. So I like my pre-workouts. Uh, it just gives me a little extra push in the gym. But, you know, I cycle off from now and again. So usually when I'm, you know, on training days, caffeine is there. On rest days, sometimes I'll go off. Uh, but every like eight to 12 weeks, usually closer to eight weeks, I usually go off caffeine completely for a week to resensitize myself to it because over time your body is going to get adapted to that caffeine intake. You're going to need to keep taking more and more. Um, and obviously, you know, if you get to the point where you're taking like 500 milligrams plus a day of caffeine, um, it can do a bit of damage to like your adrenal glands and like you can kind of get some somewhat of adrenal fatigue. Um, if you want to learn more about that, um, you can kind of just Google it. Um, I'm not an expert on adrenal fatigue. I know a lot of people even claim that it isn't like real, but you know, it, it makes sense to me when I've looked into it. So, um, I would give that a look, uh, cause you definitely don't want to rely on caffeine, you know, all of the time just to get through the day. So I recommend cycling off if you do take it daily. Um, but you know, really saving it for when you need it and not sort of trying to rely on it. Creatine is a different story. Um, you don't need to cycle off creatine. Um, you don't need to load it. Um, I would just recommend, you know, I don't recommend creatine for like everybody, even though it has been shown to have like cognitive benefits. Um, you know, some people are obviously non-responders, so they may not get much from it. Um, it is in food, um, especially like red meat, um, fish and chicken, but it's mostly in red meat. So I would definitely recommend it if you're somewhat experienced and you are trying to get stronger because it will help with your performance in the gym. Um, it's, it's not going to make you bloated. Like creatine helps you hold water inside the muscle, um, as opposed to outside the muscle. So you don't, you're not going to look like too watery, um, unless it's like a rare case. Um, you know, I think there's some rare reactions to creatine. Some people don't get the best, um, benefits, but overall creatine is probably the, you know, it's the most researched and, you know, one of the well-known supplements out there. And I believe one of the most, you know, beneficial um, so, okay, I'm going to answer one more question before I get into kind of my update, um, what I've been up to and, you know, sort of my plans going forward. So th I got this question, how to build the traps, how to work on the traps. So essentially I've had somewhat decently genetically gifted traps, I believe, like they always kind of like stuck out a bit. Um, this is actually funny. I used to play a lot of video games and then I actually learned that, you know, that posture, you know, it's kind of like the same thing with the, the back, like the forward, the forward head or the forward shoulder. Um, you know, when you're like leaning over a keyboard, your traps kind of come over, over active to sort of support your head. So I used to play a lot of video games. So my posture was not great. And that may have something to do with my traps, like slowly building, like before I got into the weights. But I've always thought my traps were just more so like genetically gifted. So essentially the movement that's always worked for me with traps has just been barbell shrugs. You know, I'm a fan of like a power shrug. A lot of people like to, you know, go super slow and controlled. Um, and like squeeze at the top. Um, I'm a fan of squeezing at the top now and again, but you know, I'm a huge fan of just like power shrug, just like trying to get a lot of weight on the bar and just really feeling my traps, um, you know, um, burn, squeeze and contract. So 
that's always always what I've done for traps. Um, if you don't like barbells, you can try, you know, dumbbells as well. I've I've never really done dumbbells. I've been a fan of the barbells, but essentially you just got to be consistent with it. I know a lot of people throw traps in like at the end um, of workouts and stuff, but traps, um, barbell shrugs was always like my main movement back when I would hit shoulders. I would do it before like anything else. So I would never skip it. And it just comes down to the consistency, like slowly building, slowly adding weight to the bar with your shrugs, you know, tracing progressive overload, like everything else. So that's really, you know, all there is to it for the traps, you know. Um, I may be wrong, but, you know, the traps, I feel like they're a muscle that can tend to grow like fairly easily just because I feel like if you hit them consistently, just because I feel like most people don't hit them consistently, they're sort of like it's sort of like the abs of like the back or the shoulders. Like a lot of people skip abs cause it's at the end of the workout and they're tired and don't want to do it. So I would recommend, you know, hitting traps first, um, either on your shoulder or back day or whenever you want to throw them in your pull day or whatever. So I would recommend hitting the traps first and then yeah, use heavy weight. Um, you know, work on your form, but just make sure you feel the traps working. So stick with those and, you know, work on progressive overload. Um, and you should see some decent growth. Okay. So that's gonna, you know, do it for the Q and a, this one was super brief. I didn't want to answer, you know, too many, um, questions um, during the Q and a, cause I also wanted to touch on, um, sort of what's going on with me. Um, and give a little update. So, I've done, I just completed eight weeks of the reverse diet and I got up, I went from 2,630 calories to, um, roughly 3,250. And now I don't plan on, I essentially, I'm going to take a, take a break from tracking and like weighing myself. And I'm just doing this really just to reduce, um, some stress obviously because tracking does take up some good time um there's like silly things about weighing in like a lot of time if i wake up in the middle of the night and i'm thirsty like i won't drink because i don't want it to like affect my weigh-in so there's like stupid things like that that i just want like a break from plus like long term you know with this like fitness thing when you really make it a lifestyle um the goal is to really sort of be intuitive at the end of the day um, so you can be intuitive with your nutrition. Like I know so many bodybuilders who, you know, don't even track during like their prep, their prepping season because they've just, they're experienced, they know what they're doing. So they just find it not necessary. Like Chris Jones is a prime example. If a lot of you know him, like he doesn't track or weigh things. He just sticks to like cutting out carbs and like monitoring his portions because he knows what he's doing. And that's the same with like guys like Alberto Nunez, like he's in his off season right now and he has to eat a lot to gain, but you know, he's not tracking every day and doing all this stuff. So um, the reverse went great to sort of get my intake up, but now I'm really just going to be focusing on, on sort of trying to be intuitive, listen to my body. I'm still going to be trying to eat right around that 3,200 mark. And then, you know, in a few months I may try to like increase uh, calories further, get back to tracking. Um, at least I definitely will before 
I ever try to do like a serious diet again whenever that comes. But for the meantime, I'm really going to work, work on just being intuitive. Like, you know, listening to my body, like if I think I need more carbs before like a leg day or if like on rest days, I just want to like, you know, stick to like higher fat, um, you know, higher protein meals and then kind of just be intuitive with it. So that's kind of my goal in terms of diet. Um, as far as training, um, you know, I've done so much, like when I first started training, it was all about just like lifting hard, going hard. And like, I sort of missed that. And that was when I was doing like a, a, a sort of a body part split. So, and I made, you know, great progress, obviously. And the more I've learned about like, you know, rest and recovery and like periodization and like programming and all this stuff, it's the kind of, it's kind of like the more you get bogged down, like because I didn't think about any of this stuff back in the day and I obviously made good progress. You know, there's definitely a place for proper programming and, you know, sort of, you know, saving some reps in the tank. Like I used to go to failure like all the time, like we would do, um, I don't know if any of you remember those like Mike Rashid videos or like CT Fletcher videos where they would literally put, they would use like 25s, but I think I used 10s. They would literally put like eight 25s on like each side of the bench and then just drop set like and all the way down and like back up and like just like crazy shit. And I remember I would do that like all the time back in the day when I was first started lifting on bench press on like shoulders, like just crazy drop sets, just going to failure, kind of just like fucking around and having fun, but always training really hard. Um, and I feel like I've kind of, you know, softened up in terms of training. And the thing about, you know, training hard is not even like there may be less like benefits as opposed to, you know, following a periodized program. Um, and I think a periodized program is super beneficial, um, obviously for certain people, you know, everyone's different, um, especially if you're doing like a, a diet or a contest prep because you want to be managing your fatigue, managing all these variables. I wouldn't recommend like, you know, training super hard, just you know, run of the mill, just like going ham if you're trying to diet, because that will have its, you know, downsides. It could leave, leave you to binge. You could really easily like overreach. Um, you could hurt yourself since you're not eating enough, but I think I'm going to try to be more intuitive with my training as well, which is also a long-term goal, obviously, which is sustainable sort of listening to your body. So, you know, on days where I'm feeling great, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pretty hard. I'm going to try to like, you know, kill myself, get close to like failure on some days. Um, and then on other days where maybe I'm not feeling so great, maybe I'll, you know, dial it back. And I'm obviously going to work on, you know, managing fatigue, focusing on recovery outside of the gym, sleep and all these variables. But, you know, pushing myself in the gym has always had, you know, incredible mental benefits as opposed to just like the benefits in terms of building your physique. Um, I touch, I talk about this with cardio, like cardio always makes me feel good after afterwards because it's something that I never really want to do. So like once you do shit, you don't want to do, it feels good. So it's the same thing with like the weights. Like when you go into a workout and you're not feeling like, you know, the best, but then you like, you know, you go ham and you fucking and like kill that session. Like it, the mental benefits are like so, so valuable in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to really try to get back to just to sum it up to just like being intuitive with my training and nutrition 
and, you know, just trying to optimize progress that way. And I'm just really going to be focusing on bringing up my legs uh, because as a lot of you know, they have somewhat, you know, atrophied with my previous injury um, and things like that. So I'm going to give the legs a lot of attention. Um, the gym I work at has a ton of machines, so it's like crazy leg machines. So I'm just really going to focus on, you know, pounding the volume. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to push myself towards failure and things like that. Um, and, you know, after a while, I think I'm going to see some, you know, great benefits. I'm obviously, I may take more rest days or more, you know, frequent deloads, but I've always just been a fan of like training hard, heavy, you know, going close to failure. And I feel like I kind of got, um, you know, lackadaisical sort of making myself like excuses, like, no, like save it. Like you don't want to do too much of this workout so you can do more like the next workout where I'm just trying to get my whole mindset, you know, back on track. Cause you know, it is, it is a thing with like this fitness stuff. Like it's all this, it's almost like the more you learn about like fitness and nutrition, it's almost like the more you get bogged down, the more you overthink things. Um, you know, it's almost like sort of detrimental. So I'm really trying to get back to the basics and be sort of intuitive with my nutrition and training, you know, pushing myself on compounds and just, you know, focusing on growing because I do plan on trying to grow for this next like year um, or so. So, you know, we'll see. I'll always keep you guys updated, but I just wanted to touch on that. Um, and hopefully what I said made sense. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the little Q and a, um, and yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So I really appreciate you guys listening and I'll talk to you in the next one.